leave it a loca. And you need to put down that vodka and deal with your feelings. Because we know anxiety is a mother. Tune into my girls, Lori and Keita, because they bring you what you need to hear. It's all about having fun, but dealing with your feelings. Okay, you can go back to your vodka, bitch. All right, then. Welcome, this is Keita. And I am Lori Ann. And you're listening to Anxiety is a Mother. keep this rolling in March with our um just highlighting women that inspire us our next guest that's joining us today we actually funny story is we remember we ran into her when we were going to do our uh it wasn't our first guest recording but it was a big one for us because it was with yeah it was our first celebrity uh guest yes now we got another one (laughs) but um, who was it again we we ran into Freeway Rick Ross. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we ran into you at the gas station when we were headed to the studio and we were super nervous. And you gave us some advice and you said, if you can make them laugh, you're good. That's all you need to do. Make them laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, so welcome to the Anxiety is a Mother, Miss Vita Loca, our um hometown radio personality for what, over 19 years. Have you been? Yeah. Here? here for 19 years i i this is my 21st year in that da- in dallas and i was on the radio for 20 years wow. it was a year a year after i got here i was able to score score you know my gig i know that so tell us a little bit just about your story did you always know you wanted to go into radio did you go to school for broadcasting and journalism no no i was a um i was a hairstylist in DC, in Maryland, DC area. And I was doing hair for probably like 10 years, right? 10, almost 12 years. And people would just come to get their hair done because they liked my energy. Um, They just liked to hear my stories. Uh, I made people laugh. Um, you know, it was just fun, fun, fun. And I always le- used to love to party as well. So I was like the party queen. I finished my job and I go out and I go party and I didn't have any kids. So I, once I, I met a friend, uh, she was from Paris. And when I met her, we started going VIP everywhere, right? And then she knew all these stars. Like she, she introduced me to like Buster Rhymes and White Clef Jean, and you know, back in the day, you know, have you know, back in the day stars. Right. And and um, so once I got a taste of that, I was like, hmm, I would like to be in this setting a lot like I would love to be here not as like somebody watching but somebody who is the person that's the the entertainment and Mm -hmm. so and then it took years because at first it was just a thought right and I would think it but I never would say it because I was you know I didn't want to tell anybody oh yeah I want to be in the entertainment industry they're like bitch what you gonna do hair like no you know people will kill your dream if you let them oh yeah so I kept it to myself. And then I started thinking, I was like, well, Vita, all these people love to come, you know, see you and you do their hair and you love to talk. And, and is, 
Troy Aikman, I'll never forget, I said, if Troy Aikman can get paid for throwing the ball, you know, when he was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, I said, I could get paid to talk because I love to talk. People love to talk to me. So if Troy could get paid for throwing that ball, I know I could get paid to talk. And it, the vision just started from there. I didn't know what I wanted to do. That's what back when MTV was out and Puffy, you know, they would interview different people. And I would be like, oh my God, I could do that. I could do that. I can I can interview Puffy because shit, I'm Puffy. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was a star, you know, in my own right. I've always felt like I was a star. So I was like, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. And then when I started speaking it out of my mouth, things started changing for me. I started doing things to actually get me there, you know, and then not to, but I saw Troy Aikman like years later, right? I'm in a restaurant. I walk in, it's fucking Troy. I'm sorry. It's no, Troy not. Aikman. Oh, okay. Cause that's how I felt when I saw fucking Troy Aikman. Right. Girl, he's at the bar. And I walked up to him and I was like, look, you probably don't listen to 97.9 The Beat. He was like, why would you assume that? I'm like, okay, maybe you do. But, you know, I told him my name (laughs) and I told him how that was for me the moment where I said, if he can get paid doing what he loves, I can get paid on something that I love. And that right there to me was like, a full circle seeing Troy and being able to share my story with him. And he was like, man, congratulations. He gave me a hug and everything. It was a girl. He fine, fine. So he tall. I was like, damn, Troy. Okay. You look good. That's, that uniform don't do him no justice, baby. That, he was like, yeah. <laughs> so tell us so tell us how you um how did you land the gig, the 97.9? Because you were the face of your own show your own morning show, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I was able to get on because once I moved, I, once I moved from DC to Dallas, I had, you know, I was like, I just got to get in the entertainment industry. I got to do something. So I did stand up comedy for a little while. That is hard. Stand up comedy is way harder than it, it looks. It is a lot of work. A lot of memory, using your memory muscle, it's acting, um, you know, you've got to have your confidence, you know, it's just a lot of things that comes with doing stand-up comedy, but I did it for a while, and I, I got booed, child, in Oklahoma at a college, and rightfully so, because I forgot everything I was going to say, I think I got stage fright, and I couldn't remember nothing, I was just standing there like, what, I was like, looking at the audience like, do y'all remember what I was going to say? Cause I don't remember what I was going to say. So anyways, I was like, okay, maybe that's not it. I gave up on that. And then I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to send a video to MTV. Right. And I'm going to make, pretend like I'm already, you know, showcasing videos. And so I would go to different clubs, white clubs, cause you know, they, they support when you do dumb shit. Like you would, you go to a black club. They were like, bitch, get that camera on my face. You ain't no more. Like, what is this? this, 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 this. So I go to these white clubs. I go to these like humperdinks, you know, white people when they see you, yes, oh my God. So we, you know, I'm pretending like I'm on MTV. I went to malls and I would pretend like I'm interviewing people. And so I got somebody to make a tape for me. And that's how long ago that was a tape, a VHS freaking tape. 
And he made me 20 tapes of me, put it, he edited it, put it all together. Hey, it's me, Vita, and I'm out here, da 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 So I had 20 tapes in my trunk. And I chickened out from sending it to MTV because I was like, they don't think it's anthrax because they weren't looking for nothing. You know what I'm saying? They weren't, it was no competition going on. I was like, why are they going to open this up? Why would they open this, this up and look at it? Like, Vita, that's crazy. So I, I psyched myself out. You know, I psyched myself out of it. But one day, this guy gave me a flyer for a talent show. And I was like, you know what? Do y'all got a host? And he said, you know what? The host just backed out. I gave him the only tape I ever gave away. So I gave him the tape. And he looked at, he, you know, he took it, looked at it, called me back. He was like, can you host this? And I was like, yeah. Never hosted nothing in my life. I was like, yeah, I can host this. Yeah, come on with it. And so they let me host that talent show. Well, there was a local video show filming it for them. It was called Southern Video Vibe. And it was just a local show that showed videos and had, you know, people in the middle like, hey, yo, we're out here, such and such. And they saw me host and they were like, you got a good energy. You want to be down with us and for free. You know, it wasn't like a paying job, but it was something getting me towards where I wanted, you know, my vision. So I said, yeah. So I started working with Southern Video Vibe. And, you know, we out everywhere, you know, Donnell Rollins, you know, people come and we interviewing them in the club and whatnot. Well, then 97.9 The Beat came and the owner of Southern Video Vibe was like, okay, I'm going to get a relationship with them. So wherever they are, we'll go, we'll film them, get them out here, the people noticing them. And then they'll tell us where things are. You know what I'm saying? So when they got events, they'll let us know, we'll show up and it'll be like a, a marriage. And they did that. Well, so when we started doing that, Every time I seen, you know, the people at 97.9, I'd be like, I would be perfect for this. I would be perfect for this. You should hire me. I didn't even think for radio. I mean, like on air, I was thinking driving trucks, um, just, you know, what you need, coffee, tea, donuts, just put me in the game, coach, just get me in the building. Whatever. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah, because I never heard myself on the radio before. I've never won anything. I never called in, never been in a radio station, didn't go to school for radio, never had radio on my mind. It was just the, an opportunity came. And I was like, now that I could do because I feel like it's going to get me in these clubs where I want to be. I'm going to get paid and I'm going to get to interview entertainers. So give me this job. And it took me about a year to get the job because I was constantly, I heard a lot of no's, but I kept going until I finally got the yes. I heard a lot of no's, like a lot of no's. It was almost like, oh my God, here goes this bitch again. Uh, I would call up there. You see, did you, ch- did you check my application yet? Uh, but it's the yeah. resilience though that resilience and not giving mm-hmm. up not taking no for an answer and keeping on going with it and I would have thought that's why I asked because I truly didn't know but I would have thought you went to school for this but this is just naturally you. yeah Mm-hmm. which I wish I wish I had a piece of it but you, you just seem so comfortable on the air with your first experience on there when you got the job how was that for you was it like nerve-wracking like oh my god I thought I wanted this now I'm afraid I don't know what I'm going to do did you have that moment no it was like go time <laughs> I actually was a, um, a co-host with a gentleman named Action Jackson 
So I, you know, he ran everything. I just sat there and just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. You know that, you know, I gradually got into it gradually. You know, I just, if my energy level was so high back then, <laughs> as well as me, that I was just like, <laughs> yay, yay, I'm here, I'm here. Right. And it was just up from there. It was up from there. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. Um, one thing I do love about you is just your, your transparency. That's something I struggle with, especially um, with us having a podcast. It's like, what do I share? Because of course my close, like my, my cousin, my co-host Keita knows everything, but it's like sharing and opening up to complete strangers to the world, to whoever can hear your voice is kind of nerve wracking for me. How did you get to a place where you're so comfortable with your transparency? Ooh, let's see. I always was just a very open person. Well, I'm not going to say always, but I, who, how did I get here? Um, I will tell you this. I did realize that God gives you these trials and tribulations in order to help people. Like he don't give you stuff for you to hold on to it. He gives it to you so you can go on and show somebody else how to get out of what happened to you so you know he 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 don't want us to keep it he wants us to share it and so when I realized yeah when I realized that I I'm more and more and more and more you know more and more I just like oh yeah you know I just got to get out here let it out let it go let it go let it go and and for one when you let something off your body and off your heart it doesn't have power anymore you know, it doesn't have, when you hold things in, you keep, you know, you're giving that thing power inside of you. But when you let it go, yeah, I, I, I want all my power. You know, I want all my power. I want to be able to say, okay, this happened. And then I want somebody else to be like, wow, you did it. I could do it too. I could do it too. Mm-hmm. You said something uh, the other day when we spoke that I thought was so powerful. You was like, if I, I can't remember how you said it, but you said, if I share my story, can't nobody else use it against me. Yeah, and you I can't just, smack me in so my face profound. with it. You know, somebody will come up to you and try to smack you in your face with your own story. You know what I'm saying? Like, you was a cokehead, bitch. And I'm like, I know. Shit, I told you. Yeah, what are you saying? Right? How you gonna tell me what I told you, Bilbo? Right. I know what right. I was. I know. You know, you was a hoe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girl, I yeah. love it. I love yeah. your transparency and honesty. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for that. Thank you for being honest because I do believe that's the gateway in healing for others. Because it's like you know, some people feel that shame, that embarrassment. I don't want to tell. So to to meet people like you that are openly saying, "Yes, I was on drugs. Yes, I did these things." I feel like that's therapeutic for so many other people. But could you walk us through? Um, the drug addiction, like when did that start and how did you find your way out of it? Wow. Um, it started at a very young age. Like, well, as far as like weed and stuff, I started smoking weed in the eighth grade. Um, I, I, and it's so crazy because I talked, we had talked to my mom. My mom didn't even have no idea what I was doing. Um, I was in a gang when I was young. Most parents I, don't. Yeah. They don't know. Girl, I was 
girl Crippin in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, got kicked out of public school. Okay. Had to go to an alternative school. I got kicked out of the whole, couldn't go to no school in Albuquerque in the whole city. Um, and so when I got kicked out, my mom transferred her job so I could go to school somewhere. You know, she didn't want me to be in that alternative situation. So moving forward, it wasn't until my 20s that I was introduced to cocaine. And I managed to do good with weed. You know what I'm saying? I, I managed to, you know, finish school, um, went to hair school, you know, started doing hair, was very profitable. You know, weed, weed and cigarettes is all I needed, you know, smoke some weed, smoke cigarette. I was good. Um, in my early 20s, I think that's when I was introduced to cocaine. Not I think I know. Um, and uh it got bad because see, I had a, I had money, you know what I'm saying, and so I didn't have kids. I had a lot of money, and I could buy it whenever I wanted to. I used to hang out with the drug dealers, so it was like, say that again. I said you could do what you wanted. Yeah, I could do what I wanted to do, and it got to a point where I was getting so high that like my nose would be bleeding while I'm doing somebody's hair. And my, oh, good friend, I got to call her today too, Miss Beverly. Uh, Miss Beverly called my mom. My mom didn't live in, Mar- this was all in Maryland. So Miss Beverly called my mom and she's like, we didn't need help, right? And it prob- and, and my- she wasn't the first, like I, girl, I even had a drug dealer call me and say, look, you're doing too much coke, you I- know? And he was like, I don't want to sell you any. Cause they were, they loved me. You know what I'm saying? My spirit, but you know, but I also knew, hey, she liked to get high. So he's like, I don't want to sell you none because you're doing it a lot. You know, you're doing it a lot. So when Miss Beverly called my mom, and mind you, this is years. I'm doing it for years, right? Miss Beverly called my mom and she said, um, you know, Vita's in trouble. So my mom called me and called my brothers, my two brothers. And we all got on the phone and they were like, you can't stay in, in D.C. no more. You can't stay in Maryland no more. So that's how I got to Texas because my, I had two brothers that lived here and my mom said, you either can come to where I am. And that was Massachusetts, or you can go to Texas with your brother, pick what you want to do. So I said, well, I'm gonna pick Texas. Then I don't want to go to Massachusetts. So I picked Texas and that's how I got out here. And I was clean probably for maybe almost a year. And then I went back to it and then I was on it for a long time until I had Dylan. And then when I had Dylan, I stopped and it was Dylan wasn't even shit probably because I breastfed the first six months. So, or maybe like three or four, but after I finished breastfeeding, I went back to it. So it wasn't until, and so I'm on it. I'm a functioning Coke addict. You know, I consider myself functioning. I made it to work on time. You know what I'm saying? I didn't lose anything. You know, I never couldn't pay my bills. I always had what I needed. I always was able to function. I thought was functioning. Mm -hmm. Um, But what cocaine was doing was it was taking away my will to do, to go higher, to be higher, to achieve more. You know, it wasn't taking away like I said, my cars, my clothes, and my, my, my roof, it was taking away my energy to be great. 
You know, I just could be where I was, you know, even though I'm on Coke, I, shit, I got the afternoon gig. You know what I mean? And that was really big. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the woman doing afternoons. Like, hey, Angie Martinez. Hey, I feel like you. So I, I'm functioning. Remember, so I feel like I'm functioning. I'm functioning. I'm functioning. I'm functioning. Um, when my brother passed away, uh, that will be like almost six years ago. This will probably be the sixth year. That's when I spiraled out of control. So I was, I was coked out a lot. That's how I dealt with my feelings. You know, I didn't want the feelings. So I numbed myself. And yeah. then it started, that's when it started really getting bad. And I'm late for work, um, not showing up to places I need to be because I'm sleeping, oversleeping because I've been up for two days. Um, I'm fucking with a dude that, you know, he doing it too. So we in a, a, a really volatile relationship, you know, we fighting and whatnot. And, and so finally I woke up one day and I was so, I was tired. I was just tired of everything. And I was tired of just ignoring my body. You know, I was smoking packs of two packs of, smoke two packs of cigarettes in a night doing coke. So my body was talking to me. I'm tired. I knew I didn't want to do it anymore, but I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how I didn't want to, I, you know, I thought I was hiding it. You know, I never asked my friends to get high. I never asked anyone to get high with me. You had already been doing it. If we ever got high together. Um, so one day I just woke up, it was by the grace of God. And I went to work late, right? Late. They looking for me. Where's Vita? Where's Vita? They're calling me. They're calling me. They're calling me. You know, where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at? I'm asleep. You know, I've been up. So I woke up, I saw the missed calls. I saw, you know, and I just was like, I can't do this no more. You know, I can't. So I went to work, but I didn't go in. I uh, pulled up to the parking lot and I called my boss. I said, can you come downstairs? He's like, Vita? Yeah. Okay. He came downstairs and I said, I need help. I can't do this life no more. I'm broken. I'm very, I'm broken right now. And he said to me, he said, we knew. We knew we was waiting for you to come tell us. You're not the same person. So I went to rehab that very next day. And that was all she wrote. That's the last time I touched it. You know, but it's a, it's a every day, August 30th was the last time I had cocaine in my, my body of six years ago, but it's still, it can, you know, I've heard people who have been clean for 20 years, all of a sudden go back. You know what I'm saying? It's something that you will forever be a Coke addict. You just don't do Coke anymore, you know, cause it took over my body. So, you know, say, oh, no, I, mean, I ain't no addict. No, you, I'm, a, I'm still a Coke addict, but I just don't do Coke because I can't. You know what I'm saying? Some people feel like they can. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing one of your lives where you were saying, um, just remembering and reflecting back on the days where you needed something just to get up out of bed in the morning and get going, you know, just, and, and I feel like I've been in, in spaces like that when it comes to drinking or whatever, um, mm-hmm. feeling like you, you're dependent on something because things aren't okay, whatever you may be going through in life 
it generally like it's not okay and you're just needing that to be dependent on just to get your life on just to feel happy right so right hey um with these uh upper popping pills whatever the case is there are so many people that can relate to that story so i just say you know kudos to you for having the um the courage to come to that yourself and saying that you need help because so many people don't get there their pride won't allow them to get there you know what was big for me what i realized i didn't want to deal with stuff you know what i'm saying i don't want to deal with relationships i numbed out if a dude I like didn't call me, I want to numb out. If I didn't get something that I wanted, you know, as far as job wise, I numb out. I had so many reasons because I didn't want to deal with my feelings ever. So when my brother passed, you know, they say, you know, you got to find there's always a reason. God, nothing happens by accident. Yeah. Nothing happens by accident. And it took me years to realize that. It took for my brother passing away for me to live. Wow. I could have died on doing as much drugs as I was. I could have killed myself. But God took my brother and allowed me to live. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. You know, I was very upset with God. Of course I was, you know, but I know everything, things happen for you, not to you. Ooh. And I had to find out why my brother died for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, for, for what it meant for me, why he passed away. Yeah. And I, I really believe it was so I could live my life. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Um, can you walk us through like that transition, you know, from being on the drugs, going into, um, I'm, I'm assuming a medical facility to get healthy. Um, what, where was your mental transitioning from that, trying to walk into this new life, a sober life, you know, maintain this job? I'm assuming the job, you, you were still at that same job. Ooh, they, baby, yes. It was a blessing because it was like, you know, one one would think, oh, shit, I'm in rehab. They're going to fire my black ass. You know what I'm saying? I know they're going to let me go. I'm just nervous. Like, oh, my God, they're going to fire me. I'm in rehab. Oh, my God, this is crazy. I'll never forget my general manager. I, I had called somebody in my general. No, my general manager put word. Hey, Vita, I need you to we need you to call in. Call us. Right. I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be bad. They about to let me go in rehab. So I, I get on the phone with her and she said, we're going to give you a morning show. I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? She's like, just don't say nothing about it. We working on it. You know, we proud of you. You know, you doing what you're doing. You know, we, we're so happy. We, we with you. We behind you hundred percent. So who that, uh, you know, that put me at ease on that aspect. Like, Oh yes. You know, not the fact that I'm just getting the morning show, but the fact that my company is behind me and I don't have to worry about not having a job when I come out of here. Right. And then when I got home, you know, it was a, it, it's funny. Cause like I couldn't drive down certain areas of town. I couldn't, I couldn't drive to grapevine. Cause that's where my drug dealer used to be. So I, I would stay away from triggers, you know, I, and now I can do it, you know, I'm good, but, then adapting to, you know, life right away was, you know, it was, hard. I'm going to say hard, but I had to move intentionally yeah, because I knew I didn't want to go back, you know, 
some people say, how, what, what keeps you from, you know, doing coke anymore? Because I remember how it was making me feel. It didn't make me feel good anymore. It made me feel awful, but I kept doing it because you, that's the addiction. Don't matter if you feel good or bad, you're going to do it. Uh, but I was on the uh, awful stage. Like, oh, it, it, it hurt me to do it, but I had to do it. So coming off of it and coming home, um, the transition at first was, you know, okay, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this, I got this. And then, I'm not going to say it was easy, but it was, you know, doable. And then I had to start dealing with my feelings. And I was like, fuck, okay, now I got to deal with my feelings. So that part was very, uh, what's a good word for it? Mm, Eye-opening, like, um, uh, I, I went into a little bit of depression, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was the same Vita. I I didn't know, you know, what I like to do. All over again. Yeah. My hobbies was cocaine. Yeah. So I didn't have hobbies. I just went to work. So what, 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 what do I like to do? You know, I didn't know what I like to do. My hobby was cocaine for over 20 years. So... I rediscovered myself, you know, went to a lot of meetings, you know, of course, uh, AA and NA, and those really helped a lot, you know, just talking about it. And then that's when I realized talking about it made me feel good. Talking about it made me feel good. Like just owning up to it, telling people about it, who knows who I might help. And the more I talked about it, the better I felt about it. So just talking about my addiction made me feel better about my addiction and it helped me discover who I was I said you know what bitch you go back to that talking shit you was a talker you a talker you a talker so you know it just made me feel better it made me feel better when I started pouring out because you know I hid my addiction or thought I was anyway so when you hiding something for so long and then now 20 over 20 years later I could talk about it Oh, I'm telling everybody about it because it just makes me feel so good just to talk. Right. right. Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a lot to, to share, too, I'm sure. So um, so you, we all know you came back to your morning show after that. And then last January, you were let go from how was your mental going through that transition of, of being let go after being with the station for so long? Like, how did you mentally deal with that i was depressed before i was let go i was like and i saw you said that yeah i saw that yeah i was depressed before i was let go i started seeking therapy during the show um just something wasn't right you know what i'm saying i felt it every you know it it was a feelable the first year of course it's all gravy because it's new we were here we're new we're yeah 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 but then the second year was extremely hard and uh, the TV show didn't make it any easier. It, it actually caused, it brought more stress to the situation. And so I would, the CW 33, you know, when we was on the television. Yeah. Oh God, it was so stressful. It was very stressful. It was a, it was always a battle. Um, there was a lot of cheat. There was a lot of, uh, what do you call it? A lot of chiefs, no Indians. Yeah. Or how's that saying go? You know, um, it was it was just very. I stayed and I stayed drinking. 
I, I turned to drinking because I couldn't cope. You know, I would I would have to drink just to show up. Um, and so when I act, when I so the stress of it all knowing and I knew that they had this new morning show that they were putting together, you know, to take over for Ricky and my body. I knew that they were going to be like, hey, if you ain't number one, if you ain't first, you're last. Mm -hmm. If you ain't first, you're last. So if you last, we're going to replace your ass with this new show that we putting together because it's young, youthful. You know what I'm saying? We we want to we get behind this show. We want this show to be our flagship show. I knew that was happening. And that added more stress and anxiety to my life. So January 6, 2020, when I was let go, so was the stress. Mm. So was the stress. Now I could finally figure out what I'm going to do because I was holding on to this for so long, trying and trying and nothing happening and I'm not seeing anything. And just, I hated getting up in the morning. I cried myself to sleep some nights, you know, scared, anxious. What's going to happen? What am I going to do? Where, where am I going to work? How am I going to survive? I know what's going to happen. So when it happened, it was like, oh my God, thank you. Now I can move forward. Mm-hmm. I didn't even cry. The, 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 my GM who fired me, she cried. Mm-hmm. She's like, I thought we was going to both be on the ground crying together. I said, no, I, I just, I could, I didn't have it in me to cry. I cried so much prior. My tears were gone. Now I'm, I'm in beast mode. I'm ready to go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, now, hey, God, everything happens for you, not to you. Let's pick it up to pieces and let's figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. So it right. was a that new door opens. It's now it's time for that new chapter in Vita's life. So where yeah, and I was ready. I was ready. You know, I was ready. No matter what it was, I was ready. I was ready. I was so ready. I was so tired of feeling the way I felt that yeah. it was just overwhelming. And so you know, I was done a favor on January the 6th. I was released from that stress and that depression and that anxiety. I was released. Not saying that shit don't come back because, you know, as long as we live, you won't right. get anxious. You won't, right. you won't be depressed. You know, who the fuck are we to live our life and never have depression? Like, what are you? You, what are you, you know what I'm saying? Even Jesus was on the cross, you know. For, and die for us. So, so we cannot think that we're never going to not have situations. What we have to think about is how do we get ourselves out of our situations? What is our mindset? Where's your mindset at? I was able to change my mindset over, which I was so thankful and grateful for that. I'm like, I'm good. You know, like so many people, like even my boss, even when they rehired me, mm-hmm. She was like, man, oh, no, oh, go go back quickly. They threw me a going away party. Who the fuck get fired and they throw your party? Because you beat us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there were people there like, we ain't never seen no shit like this. They just throwing <laughs> you a party and after they let you go. You know what I'm saying? It went like you left by choice, right? Right, right. Hey, y'all, it's Tamika Renee. 
makeup artist and founder of Faithful Lashes. And we're celebrating Women's History Month with Anxiety is a Mother. So join the Lashzilla gang and quickly glam up your look by rocking some Faithful Lashes. Use code AIAM to get money off your order at www.faithfullashes.com. That's Faithful with two L's. Again, that's www.faithfullashes.com. Follow us on IG and Facebook at Faithful Lashes, F-A-I-T-H-F-U-L-L-L-A-S-H-E-S. Can't wait to see y'all rocking your new lashes. Yeah, so, you know, they threw me a little shindig and um, I'm kept it moving. But I think that speaks to just your value and what you mean to the station and whatever reason they came to the decision of to part ways is one thing, but just what you mean to DFW. I know there's many days I remember getting in my car listening to you and you just had me laughing. I could have had the worst day possible and all this stuff going on and I'm listening to you and I'm talking to you through the radio like, Biddy, you so fucking crazy. Like I'm just screaming yeah. at the radio, dying in laughter. And mm-hmm. not everyone has that. Not everybody has that quality, that that thing about them. And you mm-hmm. doing it just with your little real quick. It doesn't matter what you were doing. It could be a radio ad, on air, whatever. I saw you on a commercial last night, as a matter of fact. I was like, what the hell for the um get that butt dog, get that that yeah, I said, okay, Vita. I didn't know you had PPL after because I had to look into it after. I was like, oh, okay, Vita. Okay. But yeah, you just have that quality about you that you bring that that light into people even through the radio your light just shines so so brightly so I feel like that just speaks to what you mean to the station period Mm -hmm. yeah and I never I never dogged them out you know I never spoke bad of them I understood that this is a business and I'm not gonna be you know feeling any kind of way like I said God did this for me not to me um and I knew and in a sense, you know, it, it, it's so crazy because everything that happened to me, I asked for. Like, I asked for that afternoon show. I asked for that morning show. I asked. And when I say asked, I didn't ask them. Well, I did. You know, I'm manifesting it. I'm manifesting it. I, I wanted to be on satellite radio. I got on satellite radio. I wanted to be on TV. I got on TV. I wanted a morning show. I got a morning show. So, you know, you we so we forget out how powerful we really are. You know, as humans, we forget that, okay, so I got let go. But shit, ask for some more shit then. Shit. Like, ask for something else. You know, manifest something else. Work for something else. And no, it has not been easy because there have been days where I forgot how powerful I was. And I have the same power that everybody has. We all have this power. I am no more powerful than anyone else, but we are all more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And so I had to learn how to tap back in to my superpowers so I can figure out what it is I'm moving on to next. And, you know, when they call me back to come back for weekends, at first I I was like, huh, (laughs) what? (laughs) Okay. But realistically, you know, motherfucker, I'm fucking 47 years old. It's time for your ass to flip the script and get you some earth, wind, and fire, bitch. You know, like, (laughs) quit playing. Quit playing. There's going to be a day where it's time for you to switch over formats. And 
And so that's what, remember I was talking to y'all yesterday, like, who want to hear freaking 40-year-old talking about, that's my NLE chopper, yeah, da, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. You know, that's why I never shared my age on 97.9. I never talked about it. I never celebrated birthdays there. I didn't want that. Just let that day go by, okay? Because I'm not trying, not wanting to deal. You know what I'm saying? But why shouldn't I? I want, I'm so happy I can celebrate my age, celebrate my, you know, my, my wisdom, celebrate all kinds of things over here now. And of course, at first when they say, okay, well, you're just going to be on weekends. Some people would be like, bitch, I started on weekends. That's crazy. I have my own morning show. I have my own this. Why would I do that? But God said, uh, you have to be humble. You have, he has to see how you handle your your frustration before he gives you elevation. He have to see how bad I really want this. He have to see, do you want this Vita? Because you see, I gave you everything you asked for before. I gave it to you. You asked for it. I gave it to you. You worked for it. You asked for it. You manifested. I gave it to you. So now what do you want? Because to be quite honest with you, ladies, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I, luckily I jumped into a company, um, TLC. Uh, you know, we sell health and wellness products, CMOS, Nutriverse, tea. And I was able to have a sense of community is what I needed. I needed a sense of community. And that's what I was looking for. Um, and it was, I was able to just get fed what I needed, what I needed. And I don't even know, I never even, I I lost my whole vision of going back to the radio, you know? And instead of saying, you know what, be the, fuck that shit, bitch. You want to be back on the radio? Be back on the radio. But I didn't know how, I I couldn't, I was hurt. Even though I, you know, I was strong, I was hurt. I was very hurt. That hurt me. It hurt me a lot. So I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to do this TLC. You know, God gave me a business where I can still talk to people, still connect with people. I love people. You know, I get to talk to them. I get to go to their houses now. I get to drop off stuff. You know, and I really was feeling gracious about it. But then when they called me back, I said, well, look at God. Okay, then. And then I started putting radio back into my manifestations. You know, because I was always talking about, because I do want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be a life coach. You know, there's so many things that I want to do within the community and I want to help people. And I was, you know, saying my affirmations, you know, saying over and over again, but I wasn't putting radio in there. Mm -hmm. I was scared, too scared to do it. So I forgot, we forgot how powerful we are. You forgot that black girl magic. Yeah. So I was like, put that shit back in there, girl. Right. <laughs> put it back in there. And then it's so crazy because when I did end up going back to the station, uh, you know, I was scared to be funny. I was scared to be funny, girl. Yeah. Now I got now I, I put funny back in my affirmations because I had to find my funny again. I lost it. Wow. It was gone. It was gone. Yeah, it was gone. You know, just in my hit, trying to heal and you know, and, and, and learning and my, my personal development, you know, I used to go in on niggas on that hot mess. So I was afraid to be that person again, because I was growing and I was afraid to get on the radio and do the hot mess because God, for some reason I was like, God was like, you know, don't do that. That's what I felt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But God knows my heart. You know, when I talk about somebody, I talk about myself at the same time. You know what I'm saying? I always made it a point, you know, not to really call anybody else and not give a, a version of my 
my, my, you know, hot mess situations. So I was just afraid back going back to not knowing who Vita was anymore. You know, when you lose a 20 year career, you, you can you kind of don't know who you are anymore. You got to figure it out again. And so I definitely am. And I, and when you talked about being funny, that almost made me cry because I lost the funny, you know, I lost the funny. Imagine you losing your funny. Like, well, I just felt, you were suppressing it. Yeah, I was, I was suppressing it. I was like, you know, I I just wasn't, I was scared, scared, just scared, scared. But then I was like, you know what, be the fuck that you're going to be funny again. Bring the funny back. We need to bring the funny back. And so once after I had coronavirus is actually when I, when I had the coronavirus, you do a lot of thinking, you know, thank God we wasn't in the hospital, but you at home just thinking, that's all you're doing is thinking, 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 thinking. And I said, you know what, babe, I want my funny back. I want my funny back. I want to talk shit again. I want my funny back. So when I got back from, when I went back to work after the coronavirus, cause I was out damn near four weeks. Um, it was the first time I did the hot mess again. Now, mind you, I had been back for a month or so, but I wouldn't touch it. But after the coronavirus, that's the first thing I did is I went in there and I, I got me a hot mess together. And I was like, yes, oh my God, it's so great. I love it, I love it, I love it. And so it's it's coming, you know, yeah. it's taking its time, but it's coming. So but the, uh, the most important thing I will say though, you have to acknowledge your emotions or else you won't, figure out a way to get through them. And I had to acknowledge that. So, you know, for people watching, you know, when you don't be real with yourself about what's really going on, you're not going to fix it. I just want to say that, but go ahead. You you don't heal what you don't reveal. I truly believe that. You Mm, don't heal what you don't reveal. Um, So one thing to know on uh, something you said earlier, I believe that God closes doors in order for new ones to open. So I believe um, sometimes it's hard for us. Like you said, you were depressed going through uh, the morning show. I believe that God needed to close that door because you weren't going to close it yourself. So he Mm -hmm. knew that you needed to be out of that. Anyway, uh, so my question for you is, so I am, of course, you know, we have this podcast and it's, it's doing well. We've only been, you know, doing this thing for one year and Lori, she is the more reserved kind of shy. And I almost feel like this is something I was always supposed to do because I'm like Mm -hmm. you, I like to talk. I love mm-hmm. to talk, like my cousin to tell you, I never shut up. So <laughs> I like now that I'm kind of in this whole world, I'm like, oh, like this is it. Like this is what I want to do. Even outside of the podcast, I want to be in that world. I want to be mm-hmm. in that entertainment world. I've mm-hmm. I've noticed like my whole life, um, I would just be in environments where there were celebrities. Not that I'm like a fame whore or anything like that, but I always ask God, why? Why am I always, why do I always end up in these rooms, end up in these VIP sections or, you know, in close proximity with these people? Because I, I believe also that nothing happens by mistake. So I'm always right. questioning, why am I here? Like, I'm not in that world. What? Because I believe when you meet people, the connections that you make are for something greater. So I would always mm-hmm. question, why am I meeting these people? Like, what? Where where do they stand in my journey? So my question for you is, for someone like me, um, how do I, because I don't know exactly what I want to do or how I want to do it, what advice could you give to an up-and-coming media personality that wants to find her way? I would say you have to know exactly what you want to do. 
-hmm. You have to speak exactly what you want to do. And you have to literally say it. You, you know, you have to say, this is what I want to do. You don't, you know, at, you know, it took me such a long time to get here because I was just saying I want to be in the entertainment industry. So I, I, it took me a long time because I, I wasn't zoning in on what it is, what I wanted to do. But you have to, first of all, exactly what it is. Like, okay, I want to um, be on, you know, I want a television show. I want a talk show. Um, I want the number one podcast on Spotify. Uh, I want a radio show. I want, you know, you have to be very precise in what you want, because once you get precise in what you want, then that's when you start going for it. That's when things start. That's when the, the, the dots are connected. That's when the, the people in the places that you have met before come into alignment with you. And then you see, okay, that's why I met her. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I was in that room. You have to be very, 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 very specific. You know, I, I, I remember hearing someone say that um, during my personal development that one out of 100 people can't really say, one, one out of 100 people only know what they really want to be specifically in. The other 99 people are just out here looking and just, don't exactly know. It's that one person that exactly knows exactly specifically, like write it down. Cause you don't write down. I want to be successful. You write down. I want my own morning show. I want to be on satellite radio. I want a television show late night. I used to say, I want a late night television show like Chelsea lately. Cause she the bitch and I love her. That's what that, those, those are my affirmations. Yeah. I love fucking Chelsea lately. So so get very specific, very specific in what you want and don't be afraid to want it. Don't, don't let it be because it's so big that it's unattainable because yeah. it is attainable. You know, yeah. it is. I'm fucking living proof that you could get, the, you can go to the high high if you want to, but you got to get very specific. So first I would say, get specific, write it down. And then, and then every day, look at it every day and don't be afraid of it. You know, if you want to reach the tippy top and what you want, you want, you know, a bigger podcast than Joe Button, then that's what you got. Then that's what you got. But you got to say it first. You got to yeah. believe it, say it and believe it. And then you just put the work in. And then I you just put it. the work in. And the work isn't necessarily what you think. The work is just doing what you're doing because God is going to put you in position because he see you taking care of what you're doing now. He see you loving what you're doing now. He see you grinding in what you're doing now and what you're doing now opens up the door for what you want to do later. It's all going to come together. It's all going to come together. As long as you know specifically what it is you want. I Thank that. you. I do too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Write that shit. Write it down, girl. Write it down. Right. And don't be afraid to dream big. Don't be afraid of what you really, really want. Because a lot of times we are afraid of what we really want. We're afraid yeah. to say it. We're afraid yeah. to say it because if it don't happen, we're disappointed. You know, remember I told you I was thinking about wanting to be the entertainer a whole mm -hmm. lot, but I wouldn't talk it. And it wasn't until yeah. I started saying it. Mm -hmm. that the, that God connected the dots. God put me with that chick from Paris. He put me with her so I could see more. Yeah. 
And then yeah. I saw others. He put me with others. And then I, I, I never knew radio was going to be in my life. But I knew specifically I needed to be in that room, like you said. And now we get more specific and more specific and more specific and more specific. My specific was, I'm going to be on MTV interviewing Puffy. That's where I'm going to be. <laughs> but God, God didn't say see that. Then he saw something else for me. But it's yeah. still the same. Yeah, it's still the same. I do think a lot of that is uh, rooted in fear. Uh, because I do, you know, I'm working on it, uh, but I do fear a certain level of su- success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, like you feel guilty for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I also fear fame because I'm like, I'm very sensitive. And I'm like, when people, because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, with success, you have your trolls, you have the negative people. The right, people, right. Why she, look like me? why she sound like that? Why she do that? And then you start like, oh, like why like I'm a good person like why why are you saying these things so mm-hmm. I think that's what I fear and I do believe that um most of our our, our issues that we deal with now if you can you can find somewhere in your childhood where it comes where it stems from and I think mm-hmm. for me I'm able to pinpoint it stems back to um growing up in an environment where you weren't allowed to let your light shine who you think you are you think you're better than everybody so mm-hmm. you, you know what maybe maybe I'm not this maybe I'm not that so could mm-hmm. you speak to that that fear of fame that fear of success that fear of being great and leaving people behind well you know we've been taught for a long time ago like in the church uh God wants you to be poorly like God look out for his poorly people like don't be don't don't be up here because then you're going to think you better than everybody and you're not better than everybody. You need to be down here. You're going to need to be right here with all of us. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not better than nobody else. But uh, my, I've always felt like I belonged in that room. Like in what that room that I had, I've always felt like I've been belonged there. Like I never, not never felt like I didn't want to shine. I always wanted to shine. Um, but I will say this though, when I was going to therapy, um, you know, back when I was doing the show, my therapist and I would talk about, there is a such thing as a fear of success. A big, as a big thing, a big, that's a big issue that people go through scared of success. And even though I felt like I reached the, you know, things, um, you know, almost the pinnacle and I know I could have gone higher, but I was afraid to do certain things because I was afraid of the responsibility, the responsibility that came with it. And so that is one one thing that we have to just acknowledge that, you know, it's it's going to come. Responsibility is a part of being up there. But once you get to where you want to go, you, you're going to feel like a totally different person. Like you cannot not let your light shine because you scared it's going to dim somebody else's. Remember, it's a light. Mm-hmm. When when people are really true friends and, and family, they light gonna shine because your light is shining so bright. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't really care about what people say or think because girl, I was looking at Facebook. You know how you have Facebook memories, and I saw an old post I put on Instagram, and it was a Facebook memory, it said like four years ago, uh, uh, somebody said, Look at Vita, hot mess ass, ugly wig, stumbling on the stage. You know, yeah, <laughs> negative, right? So, 
I looked at it and I reposted and I was like, you right. But shit, I got my life together. So boom, <laughs> I'm not that same hot mess. Stumbling on the stage, wig, tilt, you know, <laughs> drunk, coke high, looking ass. I said, I got my life together. You know, you know, people are going to, they talked about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? They talked about Jesus. There's no way you can stop people from talking about you. But I tell you what, if they're not talking about you, then you're not doing something right. Right. If you ain't, if people are not, because they're going to talk about you through jealousy, envy, um, uh, just, you know, resentment because you're there where they're not, where they want to uh-huh. be because you stuck your neck out and you, you took, you took faith over fear and they're scared. And so a lot of times doubt and fear and, and, and being scared comes negativity out your mouth. You know what I'm saying? People ain't going to look and be like, oh my God, that Kita, I love how she just made her way. Cause you know, cause I'm still over here in these fucking sticks. You know, not living my dream, but I love how she living hers. No, they're going to be like, that bitch, I don't like her hair. I don't like her hair. You know, her hair is ugly. You know, they're going to find things to say. But you just, girl, when you on your, when you, when you in your way, on your zone and in your light, you don't even hear that stuff. You really don't. You don't. And what we have to do is we can't hear it before it's even being said. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't hear the negative before the negative even comes your way. You know, don't I guess hear my anxiety. <laughs> I'm yeah. don't, don't hear the haters before they've yeah. even spoken. You know oh, what I'm saying? <laughs> they will speak, but don't you hear it? You know, yeah. especially before they speak. And damn, uh, and try to not to hear it when they do speak. And sometimes yeah. we're human, and we will get our feelings hurt, and we might shed yeah. a tear and be like, "Oh my God, that's not really me," because you know, I've done my whole life, you know. I had so much, you know, I remember being in a club and somebody's like, man, that fucking beat a local get the fuck on my nerve. I can't stand hearing her on the radio. They didn't even know it was me like standing right there with them. Because of course you can't see nobody on the radio. Um, I don't know. We, we was at some event where it was like a radio event, but I didn't let that stop me. I didn't let that say, okay, well then maybe I shouldn't have a morning show. And this is when I first started. I was just doing weekends. I didn't let that say, oh my God, they don't like me. So now I'm just not going to do it because they don't like me. But but you ain't got to like me. I got to like myself. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that, that it's going to come. And if it don't But they come, was listening though. They were, they like how they you said, but they was listening. Though. Why would you tune in then? You're absolutely right. listen to it. Yeah, but like I said, you know, people, people, you know, they, you know, they are who they are. They don't, they, they don't like you for stupid reasons, you know, and, and that's okay. That's their reason. That's their reasoning. But there was a point in time where I think people who did not like me grew to love me. Matter of fact, I've had women come up to me and say, you know, at first they was not, they didn't like me because, you know, I say crazy shit, you know what I'm saying? And I can't listen to her with my kid in a car and, and whatnot. And then there'll something will happen and they'll hear another side of me, my story and where I've came from and what I've overcame and, and how I'm able to, you know, I was a single mom with Dylan and, you know, just out here trying to do my best. And they'd be like, you know what, when I heard your story, I was like, I don't even know why I hated on you. I've heard that. I don't even know why I hated on you, but I did. And I'd be like, well, well hey, I'm glad you're here, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's be friends. You know, bitch is a term of endearment, but yes, we friends, bitch. Come on now. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you just never know what happens. Um, but you know, 
we don't let it stop us though. Right. right. Do you mm-hmm. have did you ever have a moment when you um because you've interviewed so many celebrity stars, some are our favorites. Was there ever a moment where you interviewed someone someone where you were just super nervous or do you have one that's just a, a, a big memory that sticks out to you that was your favorite? What sticks out to me as my favorite was Michelle Obama. Like she was so freaking cool and so down to earth. And even though it was a telephone interview, oh my God, I felt like we was in the same room. Yeah, I felt like we was in the same room and it was so, she was soothing. And, you know, of course this is the first year we trying to get Barack in, you know, in office. And um, I mean, it was just amazing. I was like, oh my God, you know, we talked about music. We talked about, of course, getting out the vote. We just, we talked like, like two friends. And I I really, that, that, that moment stuck out to me. I really don't have any bad, like memories, because I tell you one thing about me, I make the, I make them laugh. You know what I'm saying? I I make people laugh. And if, and, and I'm not shy, I don't mince my words. You know what I'm saying? So if someone to me, I remember interviewing two chains one time and he just was not, you know, you know, because we have to remember stars, they're they're entertainers, but they they're not always personable people. They this they're doing that because that's what they love to do. They love to sing, they love to rap, they are creative, they're creators. So imagine having to go to five different radio stations in one day and talk to five six, seven, eight different people that you don't know. And then they all in your business. They want to know this. They want to know that. Or everybody's asking you the same question. Um, You know, they, they talking to you wanting stuff from you and you don't know what they're not getting nothing from you. Like you're not, you know what I'm saying? What you telling them? So I made it a point. Like I would tell, I tell that I, I do a pre-interview. I go in, and when they get there, I make sure we we good, we cool, we laugh. You know, I'm, I I show my vulnerable side. You know what I'm saying? When the dudes come in, I always had this on. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to make people laugh. Yeah, like I want to make people laugh. You know what I'm saying? It could be, and it's it, it starts. It can start here. You know what I mean? It could start. It could just start anywhere. But once you get get them comfortable and just know that you know it's not that they're assholes. It's just that put yourself in their position, you know, and I did that a lot. Well, how would you feel if you had to talk to fucking 15 people a day and you don't even know none of these niggas, you know what I'm saying? They all want to know about your goddamn business, you know, you know, somebody's leaked the dick pic of you and now everybody want to know, you know what I'm saying? Like now that's all everybody talk about and all that other kind of stuff. So I don't ever really remember having a bad interview. Um, You know, just some people are quiet. You so know, was two chains not fucking with you or something? I know he was just very quiet. You know, just oh. very kind of like you know. You know so I had to. So I feel like it's the Virgo in him. We're very laid back. But we ended up being like besties when the interview was done. We were like cool. He laughed. He was like, "Man, you crazy." You know what I'm saying? You crazy. You know, I got and and it. You know, the energy we control. I I always made it a point to control the energy in the room. You know, you, you got to be the energy that you need. 
So if you need somebody to be a certain energy for you, then you need to be that energy. You can't wait for them to be the energy that you need in this room. So if I needed that positivity and I needed that laughter and I needed that, that, that vibe, if I needed to vibrate high, then I, I was the one to do it because your energy is transferred. Right. Never destroyed. So if I'm transferring this positivity to you, you gonna get it, whether you like it or not, because the universe is set up that way. Oh, you gonna get this shit right here, okay? You know, and you sometimes you gotta talk to people like that. Like I don't know what your day is like, but I would tell you what I'm about to, I'm about to fire some of this positive energy on your ass, and you better not shield it away. You better take it. You know, you better take that, take that, you know, and you talk to everybody differently. You know, everybody's not the same. So you just got to learn how to read people, be the energy that you need. And, um, and everything worked out for me. Everything worked out for me. That was my favorite thing to do was interview people. I love to interview people. Mm -hmm. Well, before, Kita, you have any other questions? Um, I was going to, uh, like my very last question was just going to be some words of advice for the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I guess before we do that, one thing I would really love for us to do real quick before we wrap up is to have a hot mess segment because you can't hot mess. So I just want a quick hot mess segment. And I, my topic is, unless you want to hear something else, but my topic is this whole Boosie, uh, Boosie's um, outlook on Lori Harvey. You be on the same page as me, my nigga. <laughs> Did you get a chance to, um, have you actually heard about what he said about Lori Harvey? basically like you know you can't turn the home into a housewife type situation yeah yeah is that what he said exactly what did he exactly say because i didn't see what he exactly said but he was pretty much saying that Lori. he was pretty much saying that she was a pass around and he was like yeah dude's gonna be lining up to hit but ain't nobody gonna wife her but a simp pretty much saying michael b jordan like yeah that's the type of dude she'll end up with okay so you want my my what would I would say in the hot mess? Yes, what's your hot mess take on Boosie? Well, I would say to Boosie, look, somebody turned this hoe into a housewife, <laughs> and I'm living proof. Okay, so you can't tell me that my God ain't good because I can't. I I, I can name more niggas that didn't hit than hit. You know what I'm saying? So. What? 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 Where? Where? Where's the lie in that? And then you know why is it so okay for him to throw his penis around everywhere? But as soon as he's ready to settle down, he's gonna be like, okay, I'm ready. But don't nobody want your little shriveled up little penis them been everywhere? But see, I, I, I would. You know, I could say that, then I would turn around and say, but you know what, Boosie, there is hope for you too. Because like I said, this hoe right here is a housewife. And if I could do it, anybody could do it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, don't count people out. You know, everybody, everybody can change. Anybody can change. Exactly. And just because they see Lori out here dating multiple men, who's to say that she's even sleeping with all of them? And if she is, that's her business. Yeah, because you don't fuck with you're gonna fuck. You're gonna fuck future. Okay, so <laughs> you gonna fuck future. All right, you gonna. You might not fuck Diddy's old ass. He might take a massage. You know what I'm saying? He might want a thigh massage. Maybe he's a little, you know, put a little bingay on that shit. You know, he's a little tired. Like thigh massages. 
I was in massage school and that's all the older people want. I'm like, is this because they want you to get close to that penis. Okay. That you, there's a, you get close to that thigh and the penis is like, Oh shit. Is that a hand over there? Even though you don't touch it, your penis is like, Oh shit. I didn't see the hand that besides my, my, my master's hand in a long damn time. Just looking at your dainty little hand. Over there by we, that penis. We had this one old man. Old man, he would come in and get two-hour massages, and we can only massage him for an hour at a time. So it would be three different massage, three different people rotating in to give him a massage, and he would let the cup, like the towel. He wouldn't let us drape him with uh, wrap the, the blanket around him. He would have a little towel, and it would start to slide over, and you could see things. And I'm just like, this old pervert. White guy was he? White, Asian, white or black? Guy. White yeah, guy. yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked for a happy ending. Was that massage school? You was at massage school? This is a massage was... school. Is oh, okay, we hit see fast. Take your ass over there to uh, uh, Chinatown okay. and get what you're looking for, okay? Yeah, like he trying to be cheap. When he, all you got to do is go to Chinatown, you get a happy ending. You got a happy ending. Right. Yeah, because that's what he was looking for. So do you still, are you still a masseuse? Are you still active in, 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 in um, doing that? Um, no, I, I kind of just wanted to go for the experience. I do. That is something that I would eventually like to kind of get back into, but I would only take private clients because I do believe in like protecting my energy and I want to be able to only do it for people that I don't know that I connect with. So mm-hmm, yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. just offer it out to the public. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vita. Can I call you Auntie V? Like, I don't know why. I just it just be in my spirit to call you Auntie V. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because, like, when I would meet like the younger, uh, the younger, you know, um, artists like uh, Ray Schremer, um, uh, who else? Well, specifically, I know Ray Schremer. Um, when we first met, I met them when they when they came out with that No Flex Zone, their first, mm-hmm. you know, single. And ever since then, I, we was at the BET Awards. And I was like, you gonna call, I'm gonna be your drunk Annie, okay? So every mm-hmm. time you see me, you be like, oh, here they go my drunk Annie right there, because I'm <laughs> your drunk Annie. And so years go by, and I swear to God, when they would come to the radio station, they'd walk in, drunk Annie! I'd be like, <laughs> okay, yes. So no, I don't mind you calling me Annie V, because uh I, I feel like yes i'm i'm the auntie i'm the fun auntie i'm the fun auntie auntie yes mm-hmm. well, well thank you so much uh auntie vita for being hey, here we you. appreciate your time so much um and so just lastly if you could give us some words of advice words of encouragement uh for anxiety as a, as a mother of the podcast so mm-hmm. um i would say just don't stop. Consistency is the key. And that's probably why y'all are winning so well right now, because you have stayed consistent through it all. Um, but be learn how to be transparent, because transparency is what people need when you're speaking about anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the more transparent you are with your life, the more people feel like they, that they're a part of your life. And the more that people feel like they're a part of your life, the more they show up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they show up because you're not just a podcast, you're a family member. And that's exactly what you want to be to people. You want to be their family members. You don't want to be their podcast host. So, you know, just stay consistent and keep doing what you're doing, um, you know, and, and just, 
you know, throw some, throw that transparency in there, especially because of the, the nature of this anxiety as a mother and it's going to grow and, and most definitely believe it, believe it, believe it, write those goals out. You know, what is it exactly we want this podcast to do? Uh, where do we want it to sit? Where do we want it to live? How many viewers do we want? How much do we want to get paid? How much, how much advertising dollars do we see for ourselves next year? Um, when you sit down and you get together and you'd be like, okay, so, so, uh, 2022, February 22nd, we will have a hundred thousand dollars worth of advertising, um, coming our way, uh, you know, write out them goals and just, and just keep doing what you're doing because y'all doing an amazing job. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, keep it up and 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 insert a little different stuff in there y'all be fine i know you'll be fine i can't wait for my second visit like okay yeah we're gonna talk about this with amy b and i can just jump on anytime you're like yeah bitch. Oh, oh, me too. don't tell us that because we're gonna be calling you every week <laughs> i'm here i'm here i mean i i love you ladies and you know this has been a long time coming. You know, I know I was supposed to be on here way before, but you know what? Everything happens when it's supposed to happen. You know, I, I, I get out, stop beating myself up about stuff that didn't happen and just right. relish and when it does happen and keep it moving because everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Yes, yeah. You have a podcast. Your live is going to start back. When, when can we expect your next podcast live? Have you already set a date? Did you did you hear what I said? My name was uh, if if I'm about who was a person. you about this podcast if I'm about who was a person right here. But I'll tell you what though, ladies, when I do have a date, um, you know, and 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 moving forward and what I need to do, I will reach out to you personally and ask to come on your podcast again. So, you know, I can get the word out. Yeah. I, 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 when I get when I get it together, I will be back. So we can talk about, you know, what I said I was going to do. No, what I did and not what I said I was going to do. Right. Yeah, I like that. Sure. Okay. I'm working on that. And we would love to be guests on the show. So we are always available for that. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What's the name of your weekend show? Say that again. Oh, thank you. I said, what's the name of the weekend show uh, that you have going right um, now? Well, right now, well, so Friday and Saturday is called Vita Locus House Party. Um, Saturday is from 6 to 12 midnight, 6 p.m. to 12 midnight. Friday is 6 to 12. But on Fridays from 9 to 11, we switch it up and it's called Vita's Got Guns. And so that's when I sit down with Peter Guns. Um, from Love and Hip Hop and Cheaters, because mm -hmm. you know he's the new host of Cheaters now. Which is so what? Him. Yeah, he's the new host of Cheaters. And so we sit down from 9 to 11 and we give out relationship advice to our beautiful people in Dallas, Texas. And oh, wait, Dallas, you're giving Texas. a relationship advice, advice with Peter Guns? Yes, who, 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 who better? Who better? Think about it. Like, think about, we, think about, we like, look at it like this. Like, so you got a situation where you trying to figure out what your man really doing. You know what I'm saying? Your man, he, he doing things and you don't understand what it is. 
Well, you gonna talk to a man that's done things, lots yeah. of things, and he gonna tell you what the play is. Almost like remember Steve Harvey, uh, think like a man, act like a woman, and then yeah. all the women was like, Steve, why are you dropping game? Well, Peter is dropping jewels to 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 ladies how to deal with their men. Like, what what is your man really thinking? Does he really love me? Like, do do we really, you know? Is he really, you know, why he's still giving his baby mama gifts or or whatnot? So Peter's very open and honest about, yeah. you know, his past, mm -hmm. about, you know, what he did to Tara and, and Amina. He talks about that. And so he's just giving you a, 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 a view from a man who's been there and done that before. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm all for growth and moving forward. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. That's what we all doing out here. Just trying to be better. Just trying to do better and be better. So that's uh, Fridays from 9 to 11. Vita's got guns. All right. And where can we listen? Where can we listen? Uh, well, Magic 94.5. Uh, there's, uh, you can get the app on your phone, 94, Magic 945, or you could just tune in, you know, 945 on your radio. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, I'm putting into existence our podcast. That's going to be nationally syndicated. It's going to be everywhere. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all of that, you know, remember very specific about what it is we need. So once we get that together though, I'll definitely give y'all the ups on that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. This was fun. This was very, a lot of fun. Where can we find you? Thank you. I was going to say, where can we find you on social media? At Vida Loca. Yeah. So it's at B-E-D-A-L-O-C-A. And you can find, and that's on Instagram. Facebook is Vida Loca. I'm trying to think of where else. I girl, I, I don't be too many places. I got my old ass. Like I gotta get on TikTok, <laughs> shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, like, mm. I'm, I'm there with you too on that TikTok thing. We <laughs> I actually thought about making a TikTok today, like about my business, but we'll see what happens. Cause you know, if I'm about to as a person, proud of y'all. The consistency is amazing. Your consistency speaks volumes, you know. It speaks mm -hmm. volumes, and that's what's going to win. Like, remember, we talked earlier about how the reason I got that job is because I never gave up. If I had, mm -hmm. if I wasn't consistent, I would never be on the radio. If I, if I didn't have a consistent mind frame of y'all gonna hire my black ass whether you like it or not. But so, consistency is the key to just being successful at whatever you do. So, you know, kudos to you ladies for for just being consistent. Period, because that means a lot showing up thank you and that up. means a lot coming from you so thank you oh are we gonna cry is anybody on their period because <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what if i was did i be crying i'd be like oh, yeah. <laughs> my period brings the my period just be like god damn bitch who are you and i don't have them no more i have this direct me i'm good Oh, wow, girl. I would they I would be, take this shit out. I just be emotional for no fucking reason at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm as big as crybaby. <laughs> Period, right? <laughs> Period. All right, then. But enjoy well, the rest of your day, and thank you so much for your time. We truly appreciate you. Thank you, too. Thank you, too. Auntie V is out. <laughs>